0: Hi. Welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. I'm Brooke Ritchie Babbage, social justice lawyer turned nonprofit founder and leader of a seven-figure nonprofit. I've spent the past 20 years immersed in social impact work, and I've worn so many hats. I've worked as a leader, a board member, a coach, and a strategist. I've ridden the highs of changing lives and communities, and I have weathered the many storms that go along with doing social change work. And through it all, I've learned an important lesson. There is a method to the madness of leading social impact work. I created the Nonprofit Mastermind to share that method, to pull back the curtain on the actual strategies and mindset behind launching, growing, and leading a high impact nonprofit. Ultimately, we do this work to make the world a more beautiful, equitable, and just place. And I wanna help you do that. If you're a passionate, committed leader who's looking to build and lead an institution that has real and lasting impact, you're in the right place. Let's get started. In today's episode, I am getting laser focused on something that I really love thinking and talking about, and it's definitely not everybody's jam, but I am hoping um, to make it a little more exciting for folks today i'm going to be talking about how to create the kind of systems that help you claw back your time i've been talking with so many people really all year but definitely as we head into the summer about time about wanting more time to think and plan and do the kind of work with your organization that is really tied to why you started the organization or started to lead the organization or went to the organization. Um, So time is really on people's minds. And a secret obsession of mine has always been about how to create and best leverage systems and strategies to make work more efficient. What tools can I use to simplify my work? how can i move things off my plate to free up my time for bigger picture thinking and planning i absolutely love talking about this um it's it's i was one of those kids who like Loved going to the office supply store so that I could buy trapper keepers for those of you who are old enough to remember trapper keepers I don't even know if they still have them anymore. Um, But I loved to go and buy the folders that went inside to color code my homework so systems are my thing. (laughs) Um, And I know that so many of the folks that I talk to inside my accelerator program and the clients and students that I work with one of the most frequently addressed topics is that they want. Systems They want time, Um, but not everybody is a systems person, and even if you are sort of, you know, knowing what other systems are working for folks, it can be really hard to sort of know what's out there, know what's working. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about one of the most powerful systems that I use to free up time in my own work and that I recommend to my clients and students to make their workflow smoother and less filled with friction and uh, feeling less cumbersome. And that is automation. I know that sounds sort of technical and wonky, but I'm going to walk through what I mean, and then I'm going to give some concrete examples. So what I'm talking about here is making workflows smoother. And when I say workflow, what I mean is literally everything that happens in a process for accomplishing a task from start to finish every step in that process is part of what you call a workflow. And one of the easiest and most powerful ways to wait, to make a workflow smoother is through automation. By automating a workflow, what I mean is looking at ways to use technology and tools to replace manual processes with a system that completes tasks with far less human oversight. So when you have fewer steps needed to transfer information through a system and between systems right when it happens more quickly and more efficiently when things like actions and reminders are automatically triggered without a person having to remember to do them then what happens is you look up and you are spending less time on repetitive tasks and you have more time to focus on your mission and your work so i've created a a one pager with some tech tips for how to do these automations. And that'll be available in my Architecture of Impact Toolkit. That's the home that I've created for the downloads and freebies that grow out of this podcast. Then you can find that at richiebabbage.com backslash architecture of impact toolkit. I've also created a more comprehensive guide about how to set up the automations that I'm going to talk about here, including the steps that I'm walking through, some concrete examples, Um, and some model language for some of the social media and email um, things that I'm going to talk about. And that is located inside my new subscription library. It's called the Nonprofit Leadership Resource Hub. It's a monthly subscription where you get access to templates, models, um, comprehensive guides, and webinar trainings. It's updated every month, and you can sign up for that at richiebabbage.com backslash nonprofit resource hub. Okay, so let's get into automations. I'm gonna break this process down uh, by looking at three types of automations um, for particularly your communications um, workflow, because I think that's where a lot of folks find themselves mired in busy work. Um, The second one I'm gonna talk about also really helps with fundraising and your board, Um, but these are really sort of how do you move information through your system? How do you communicate information more efficiently? So the first step in automating your workflow is always going to be getting really clear about exactly what your workflow is. This is probably the most time intensive part of building any system. But nothing else works if you don't do this part. You have to document what you do to complete a particular process. Now, some people find this easier to do when they're actually doing the work. When um, you know, when you are onboarding a new board member or when a new donor comes into your world, when you are preparing to train a new class of volunteers, um, that's often the best time to document your workflow. Is just sort of take notes um, about the steps you go through. You can do this, anyone on your team could do this. Um, I find keeping a notebook sort of handy, I'm a pen pen and paper kind of gal, to write down the steps as I do them. And what I recommend is actually writing everything down. No step is too small or too insignificant. What you'll find when you actually sort of look bigger picture at the workflow is that a lot of the smaller steps are grouped but so that you don't overthink it i just i'd write down everything even if you think it's sort of a no-brainer that of course this process includes this step, still write it down now this is like i said something you can do it's something your team can do for their workflows i'm going to do an episode later this summer about creating standard operating procedures which i also sort of love um as a way of freeing up time and not coincidentally this is the first step in that process as well so i'm not going to do my sort of rant about how critical mapping your workflows is i'm going to do that when we talk more about um, creating sort of standardized workflows but i do just want to say that being really clear about a steps about us about the steps in your process is really, really important if you're going to automate that process. Um, Because the point is to look at the workflow once you have it mapped and then get really specific about places in that process that can be made more efficient. Is there something, is there a tool, is there technology that can be used to replace me having to do a certain step that can eliminate certain steps, that can combine certain steps, within a system, right? That's the power of the automation. So being really clear about what the workflow is, is super important. So that's where you start. That's the first step is get really clear about your workflow, identify where you want to automate. And I'm gonna recommend thinking about three specific types of automation just because I think these are fairly easy to implement and also really high leverage, very, very powerful in terms of the time that you get back when you set these particular automations up. I'm gonna start with the easiest one and that's automating social media. I cannot tell you how many frustrated people (laughs) I talk to about having staff, sometimes even themselves, maybe interns, waste time. That's, uh, you can't see it, but I'm using air quotes, waste time on social media posts that don't seem to be accomplishing anything, right? Everybody feels like we need to be present on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter, um, sort of whatever the platform is that is where your audience is, your believers and your your people are. Um, it is important to be present, on those platforms, but in an actual meaningful way. I completely agree that posting for the sake of being present and that alone is annoying and it is a waste of time. What I will argue or suggest is that by automating the process, you can actually be more strategic about your social media and you can align your social media engagement with your other strategic communications so that it is not posting for the sake of posting it is actually using social media as the powerful cultivation tool that it it really should be and is in the social sector so in my trainings i talk about cultivation as the process of helping people in your ecosystem know understand like and trust your organization, right? You want as part of the cultivation process to get in front of people, help them know about your work and really understand what you do. You wanna help them develop an affinity for what you do so that when they hear about your work, they see your issue, they see your mission, they raise their hand and say, yeah, I believe in that too, right? That moves me, right? They like it and care about it. And you want to build their trust, Um, you want them to believe that by investing in you through their time and or donation, that you'll do what you say you're going to do that you're going to have a true impact right no understand like and trust so effective strategic social media helps you do this and I have other trainings where I sort of go deeper into using social media to build an ambassador crew um, and to build, um, to help you with your fundraising, cultivation, relationship building. What I will say here is uh, please trust that what I'm saying is right. Um, And I'm gonna tell you how to automate it so that you can actually use social media more effectively. Okay, so the first thing is to, um, if you're gonna automate your social media is, to identify three or four core categories, it's of pillar categories that your organization will regularly talk about in social media. These can be things like stories about the people or communities um, in your program. These can be posts about context or news about your issue, more broadly sort of education. These can be impact data from your evaluation, behind the scenes about Sort of what's going on in your organization hires and new board members etc right it, there's no right answer but by having these sort of pillar categories and naming them up front it helps your organization stay and whoever's posting stay clear about messaging it helps you be consistent in how you're showing up and people start to understand what are the conversations that we are having with this organization and it makes it easier to know what to post, right? So you're not, whoever's posting isn't sitting down every day or every week to be like, okay, we gotta get something out about this report. Um, And oh, right, we didn't post yesterday, so we need to um, find a really great picture of one of the kids that we worked with, right? That's exhausting and inefficient. In addition to thinking about these pillars, also think about other media that you're sending out, email updates that are already going out, blog posts maybe, um, if you blog, if you have a podcast, um, what's the other content you're producing? And use your social media to reflect that same information and messaging. So if you are thinking in advance about what's going out, then you're gonna know, oh, we have these blog posts scheduled for next week, I can actually just have one social media post a day that basically reflects what's in the blog post or what's in the email update. And finally, as part of identifying sort of what the, the topics and content of your social media can be, which is the first thing you want to do when you're automating, is to look at your fundraising, marketing and program calendars and identify upcoming events, campaigns, graduations, um, releases, big news, like report releases, etc. So. All of these things, these content pillars, the other media and content you're producing and your sort of calendared events are the topics and content for your social media. So once you have those topics and content, the second step is to pre-write your captions and identify the images for posts that lift up these events, topics, and content. And I recommend batching, it's a really, really, powerful so simple (laughs) um process that supports effective automation right we lose a lot of time um, moving between tasks and so in a particular day if you are moving from one type of thinking to posting for social media to sending emails to meetings there's friction there and actually your efficiency decreases each time you switch tasks so the sort of science behind batching is that you set aside you could even just set aside 45 minutes for this right um you could do it once a week once a day, two weeks you your brain can really focus and it actually moves much more efficiently um, and quickly when it isn't moving between things so i recommend batching you have your topics and your content and then you just write a couple of weeks, even months worth of captions, pre-identify the images for those posts. So you are not having to do that in real time. Use your pillar categories to guide the posts, use your calendars, etc., as we as as I've mentioned. And then the last part, once you have the topics and the content, you actually have the, the posts, is to use one of the really incredible social media posting tools to schedule you can always post in addition to what you've scheduled, but by being strategic and thoughtful, you know that you are keeping up with what's going on behind the scenes in your organization. So that's the first form of automation, super easy to do. You do the pre-work and then you sort of set it and forget it and you can be far more strategic and therefore more effective at using social media as a cultivation tool when you automate in this way. So the second automation that I'm going to talk about is to automate your welcome onboarding and nurture sequences for new supporters, donors, and stakeholders. So this is one of the most powerful and really, really easy forms of automation. For the work that you put in, just the return on the investment on this particular form of automation is huge. It works particularly well for workflows involving new donors, new volunteers, and new board members. So, here's the process I recommend the first step is to pre write a series of welcome and nurture emails for each type of new stakeholder that comes into your ecosystem. So in the guide, in the, um, in the membership resource hub, I have some model language for these emails. But basically, you want to identify what are the kinds of stakeholders that we, that as they come into our ecosystem, we want to nurture. Um, and that's why I said it works particularly well with donors, board members, and volunteers. And say, what do we want to say to them? over the course of four to seven emails these do not have to be long emails i'm going to walk through some examples here but you just want to pre-write these sequences for each of these key stakeholders so for example once a new volunteer let's see is um, let's say is accepted or a a teaching artist say um, is accepted into your program um, or hired you can send a series of next step emails to sign them up for an orientation meeting using an online scheduling tool like calendly to share information that you want them to read before their training to get them excited by sharing videos um, and examples of impact to introduce them to one another and to automatically send reminders about forms they need to fill out etc right you can automate all of that if it's the same process that you use to onboard and orient new volunteers or teaching artists every semester every quarter etc draft the three to four emails that are going to go to them and you're set right you don't have to have your program director program associate or whoever um, holds that workflow do this each time right um when a new board member joins the board in addition to the orientation and onboarding meetings with the new board member you can share a sequence of emails that includes past information um, behind the scenes videos and information about the organization that connects them to upcoming events right you can automate this sequence of onboarding and orientation communication that mirrors what's happening in the meetings and goes deeper right so that not all of the pressure for really bringing your board members into your culture is just through meetings, right? You can have this process going on behind the scenes at the same time. This works for donations. As you get new donations, um, segment each of your donor by level or type, however you have them segmented, and then send them a sequence of emails that cultivates them um, and ask questions to learn more about them and includes calls to action. Right. You can send these four to seven emails, each one bringing them sort of deeper and deeper into knowing, understanding, liking and trusting your organization now to set this up. It's super simple. So you pre-draft the emails and then inside of your email provider, um, a lot of folks use MailChimp, ConvertKit is another really great tool for this you would want to set up specific tags inside your email provider for each of the stakeholders that you are automating a system for. So it might be teaching artist or, you know, student volunteer, board member, mid-level donor, monthly donor, whatever the tags are. And as each new stakeholder is added to your email provider, automate the assignment of that tag, and then they'll automatically be entered into this sequence of emails. Right. So by setting up the tag and creating a trigger inside your email provider, every single time somebody comes in, literally the only thing you have to do is add them to your email provider and make sure they have the right tag. And the next four to eight communications with them is taken care of. And you know that they're being nurtured and held and moved through a process of cultivation without having to really think about it, which then leads to the third type of automation that i want to recommend and this is sort of taking your automation to the next level this is where you connect your various tools to one another so that an action in one system like your donation page triggers actions in a totally different tool like say your project management tool or your email provider right one of the students that i worked with um last year really incredible leader we set up an automation so that every time a new board member that um, got entered into their database it automatically triggered both three months of emails with content reminders and orientation materials through their email service provider but it also triggered six core reminders in asana for her director of operations and her director of finance. Right. So one action, new board member gets entered into the database and tagged as board member and emails went out, reminders went out in their project management tool. They didn't need to meet to talk about these. They didn't need to remember what the tasks were. One system talked to another system and the first quarter of their relationship with the board member was set up. So you can do this, for example, by automating your entire new donor workflow. You can create a connection between your online donation form, your donor management tool, and your email provider. Right? Have these systems talk to one another. You can set up automatic triggers so that each online gift is processed, automatically imported directly into your donor database and segmented for you based on the amount of the gift, that then triggers the tagging and segmentation in your newsletter list, your email service provider, and they are automatically entered into a nurture sequence based on their gift level or segment that you've identified. That can then trigger in your project management tool, if you use Asana, some folks use ClickUp, a set of reminders and tasks to check back in at the end of the nurture sequence. Like entire parts of a workflow have just been removed from a person's desk and are now located in online (laughs) in the cyberverse. We lose so much time and mental energy moving between exactly these kinds of tasks, remembering to send emails, remembering to check in with new board members, pulling together materials for a welcome packet. So this level of automation where systems, are talking to other systems is particularly useful and powerful so those are my recommendations and i'll be honest there are so many more to sort of think about and play with this is this can be a lot of fun sort of seeing you know where you can find time inside of existing workflows it's sort of like a puzzle (laughs) um i suggest revisiting your workflows at least twice a year and actually it's really great to do it quarterly but definitely at least twice a year, to make sure that the workflows are still correct, right? Are these still the steps in this workflow? Are there ones that have gone away? Are there ones that, you know, is this process done differently now that we have a different person in the role, et cetera? And then asking, where are there steps in this process that can be automated to free up my time? I cannot tell you how helpful these types of systems are in giving people back hours in their week for higher leverage work on their organization. So thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind. As a reminder, I am sharing a downloadable one page text sheet in the architecture of impact toolkit at richiebabbage.com backslash architecture of impact toolkit. And you can get the full guide with the examples and the steps um, and some model language in the Nonprofit Leadership Resource Portal. You can get that at richiebabbage.com/backslash nonprofit resource hub. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I'd love if you'd leave a review if this was helpful for you. And if you think this podcast and the conversations and trainings and tools that I share could benefit another leader in your life, would also love it if you would share with your friends that is all for this week and i will see you back here next week for more mastermind If you'd like more leadership resources and strategies in your life, sign up for my weekly newsletter, Leadership Forward 321. Each week I curate and share three articles, two resources, and a quote on a theme. You can get that at richybabbage.com backslash leadershipforward 321. That's all for now. Have a great week, and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.